BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. And it's been a really horrific year and a half with uh, Gascon as L.A. County District Attorney. And every case seems to be the worst case of them all. And then another one happens. And I really think we've hit rock bottom here with the death <laughs> yeah. of uh, two, the two, uh, police officers two cops in El Monte. Monte and right. Gascon's involvement in allowing the killer to run free. And we're going to talk now about this case and a lot of other things with John Lewin. He's a current deputy D.A., uh, in L.A. County, works for Gascon. Uh, he works in the Major Crimes Division, which Gascon may want to shut down. And uh, he's angry at many of the high-profile prosecutors in that division because many of them have been speaking out against all his policies. Uh, John Lewin, who's with us, also Michelle Hennessy, the uh, the president of the union. We've had her on many times. John McKinney, who I have seen often on television, speaking out against the Gascon policies. It's... Uh, yeah. It's, the division has been responsible uh, for the successful prosecution of uh, cases like the serial killer case of Lonnie Franklin, the Grim Sleeper, Sam Little, who the FBI has confirmed committed 60 homicides, Michael Hughes, the Southside Slayer, as well as the prosecution of individuals who were wealthy and well-connected, like Phil Spector and Robert Durst. John Lewin, welcome to the John and Ken Show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming in. Let's start with this case, because it's been everything for the last uh, two days or so. So talk us through the decisions Gascon made almost a year and a half ago when the killer... Justin Flores was originally uh, making a plea deal over an arrest he'd had in 2020. Talk us through what happened. Sure. So let me just start by saying, I always have to say this, that I'm here in my personal capacity, mm. not as a representative of the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. So these opinions are mine. Now, they happen to be shared by uh, 
approximately 98% of the prosecutors in my office. Yeah. But, but I need to get that out. I also need to, to make sure that people understand that um, what happens is the message tends to be attacked by those who are giving it. So if, if Gascon and his people can say, well, it's individuals who they don't like me, they're in the union, they might be running for district attorney someday, et cetera. I'm just a regular prosecutor. I'm not running for DA. Although I'm a member of the union, I'm not in any executive position at all. I just represent the hundreds of lawyers in this office who get up every day and we want to protect the community. So let me start with it to answer your question. So here's what happened. Gascon came into office. Within minutes of coming in, he issued a bunch of directives. He didn't talk to anybody about it in advance. You all know this. He just issued them. One of those directives said that going forward... We were not only not allowed to file strikes, these are prior violent and serious felonies passed by the legislature, passed by the people. It's the law of the state of California. Not only could we not file those, but we had to walk into court and we had to dismiss the ones we'd already filed. Not only did we have to do that, but we had to do that by using a section of the law that says that in this individual case, the interest of justice requires us to do so. Which obviously, if your policy is you have to dismiss every single case that's out there, then, then there's no individual determination taking place. So that's what he did. And what happened was, if we back up, in March of 2020, this horrific cop killer was picked up at that time with a gun and methamphetamine. Now, the problem was, is not only are those illegal crimes— but he had a prior strike, a prior serious felony. So you have a guy who has a prior serious felony. He is an admitted gang member. He literally has his gang tattooed on his face. So you got a guy with a history of violence, and I don't know his criminal history. I wonder if Mr. Gascon is going to release, if we'll find out, how many arrests, convictions, contacts, etc. he has. I will bet you that it's going to be substantial. But in any event, he's picked up, he's arrested, and he's charged under Jackie Lacey's administration. Because he has a prior strike, the least amount of time he can get is 16 months doubled to 32 months. Well, because of the pandemic, I'm guessing, again, I don't have the information on this particular case. The case languages, again, this is happening right after the pandemic starts. So Gascon takes over, and then we have, according to media sources, in 2022, after Gascon takes over, the prosecutor handling the case, and I want to be clear on this, it is not his fault or responsibility. He's ordered by the district attorney to dismiss all strikes. So he goes into court, and he dismisses the strike, and under Gascon's policies— this man gets probation. So he goes from spending a minimum of 32 months in prison, and now I believe he got 20 days, and I don't even know if he did that custody time. They No, they, they, they declared it time served. I think he was held in jail for a short time. So he'd already served 20 days in jail, I guess, at the beginning when he was arrested. So he didn't have to serve any further jail time. So I think if we just take a step back— We've got a gang member 
with methamphetamine and a gun. He's a felon carrying around a firearm. George Gascon is supposedly very concerned with all the guns in California and with the laws about guns in California, yet he allows this gang member, this felon, to walk loose. But it's worse than that, guys, because it's not just that it's bad policy. Gascon is told by people in the office, your policy is not just bad, it's illegal. You are not king. You are not God. You don't get to walk in and decide that you don't care what the public and the legislature and the citizens have said and the Constitution says. You're going to do whatever you want. That's not the law. Our association has to sue him in court. We have to literally take him to court, and we win. And the uh, original injunction is granted. Then the Court of Appeals issues a decision saying – It was illegal what he was doing, that he has to allege strikes, and he cannot dismiss them, all of them, under the interest of justice without strict protocols. So here's the bottom line to this situation, and it's very clear. These two officers were murdered because George Gascon ordered his prosecutors to let a violent individual— Get probation and not go to prison. That's what he cares about. Releasing violent people, and he doesn't care. And when he puts out tweets about how he wants to give his best to the family and how upset he is, etc., maybe he should do his job. And what's important for people to understand is that this recall where we sit right now This recall is not over. If people think that, oh, we've got enough signatures and we can just cruise ahead, let me tell you, the Board of Elections are no friends of the recall. They will be throwing out as many petitions as they can. We need to have 150,000 more than are necessary. So everybody who's upset and who's grieving and who's disgusted about what's going on, if you have not signed the petition, if you're not out there hustling, then this man is not going to end up getting on the ballot. That's recalldageorgegascon.com is where you go if you're an L.A. County registered voter. We'll talk more with John Lewin. That's our special guest. He's a deputy DA with the Major Crimes Division in the office of the L.A. County DA. And, of course, his boss is George Gascon, but he's here representing himself, and uh, he's given us his take on Gascon and his directives. Coming up uh, more. Johnny Ken Show, KFI. We're talking with Deputy DA John Lewin here in L.A. County, who's uh, with the uh, Major Crimes Division. In fact, he was telling me uh, on the way in, he was uh, part of a Zoom meeting, uh, a verdict for a uh, criminal who uh, was com- committed this crime in 1984. Yep. And he finally got convicted today. He did. My- myself and Deputy D.A. Ethan Milius uh, mm-hmm. finished the case, and the jury just came back literally in the last hour. Wow. Um, and he was it was a murder case? Horrible murder. Murder and... Literally to kill time while they the two guys waited to murder a drug dealer, they raped a woman in the motel room simply while they were waiting. Now, we only ended up catching one uh, years later. But this was a cold case, and now it took almost 40 years to finally put them away. It did. You wow. Know, so. so is that typical of the kind of stuff you work on? Yeah. It, it yeah. is. The stuff that I work on, My for the last 25 years, I've pretty much exclusively done uh, cold murder cases, primarily— circumstantial cases, uh, non-DNA, kind of more traditional, wife disappears, 
husband's having an affair with the secretary. Husband says, I don't know what happened to the wife. Right. Wife uh, is gone and eventually never comes back. And we start looking at it and try to put it together. We were talking about the Albonte case, the two cops who got killed by Justin Flores. And you said you had a little more on that that you wanted to add. Yeah, I think it's really important, and I'm sure that what's going to happen now is that George Gascon and his administration of public defenders that he has brought over to free as many people as they can, that's their goal, I'm sure they're now going to try to blame everybody else. They're going to try to blame the deputy who did the disposition. Yeah, yeah. they already he already is. Oh, uh, uh, Yeah, they've already blamed the prosecutor, saying that he should have come to them with objections. So I can tell you, and everybody in the office knows, that um, they are committed to freeing as many people as possible. They don't care about exceptions, with, with one exception to the exception. It turns out that if cases get a ton of publicity, that George uh, Gascon is not really as ideological as he might seem. So in the end, not only are his policies bad— But he's basically a hypocrite who will, at the end, do whatever is politically expedient. So expect him to start now trying to pretend that he's, quote, following the data and listening to the facts. Here's the problem. He has let forth so many landmines. And I don't think people understand this. We have a resentencing unit that's been taken over by public defenders. They they were brought over to our office. They moved just about all the DAs out. And now what they're doing, and this is very unpublicized, they are going around and they are changing, bringing cases back of people that are already serving state prison sentences, murderers, et cetera. And they are they're getting rid of death verdicts and they're modifying sentences because that's what his plan is. So I want to make sure that people understand something about El Monte. George Gascon owns what happened. The blood is on his hands. It's his policy. And you know what? He ought to be man enough to stand up and say, yep, that's my policy. I believe that what's most important is giving violent criminals 27 chances. And if some police officers or some innocent kids or whoever die in the process, I'm willing to suffer that consequence. Did you see this coming uh, and others in your office when it became uh, clear that Gascon was going to win or he did win? Did you think it was going to be this bad? No, I I never imagined for a moment. And I will tell you that I took a position from the start. I was not in favor of the first recall only because you have to be fair. You have to see what is he going to do. Now, I was disturbed, obviously, by the special directives, which came out the very day. He'd never even met with us. But I wanted to see what he was going to do. People have been absolutely devastated. And the reason, guys, they're so devastated is we have hundreds of lawyers doing, you know, far less glamorous cases than than some of the cases that I get to do who come to court. They slogged it out all through COVID. They're overwhelmed, and they can't protect the public. They can't protect victims. The morale is through is to the toilet. We're losing prosecutors left and right. And by the way, that's his plan. He wants as many of us to leave as possible so he can repopulate our office in his image of uh, of pro-criminal, anti-victim, uh, you know, uh, 
public defenders. Basically, that that's what he wants to do. Um, and another thing about Almonte that, and again, it's hard to believe that this is even true, but it is. So George Gascon issued a directive. This is Special Directive 2012, and what it said was that the Bureau of Victim Services will contact the families of individuals killed by police and provide support services, including funeral, burial, and mental health services, immediately following the death, regardless of the state of the investigation or charging decision. Now, what that appears to say is that if you are killed by a police officer, even if you yourself have committed a crime, it doesn't say if you've been charged, it doesn't apply. It doesn't say if you kill a police officer, it doesn't apply. It says that we're going to treat even individuals who kill police officers, we're going to treat them like they're victims. I mean, John and Ken, so if I Justin told you- Torres can get his funeral paid for by the taxpayers, even though he killed two police officers. Well, it, according to this directive, now, one of the issues, and I don't know, um, I think we're going to have to find out how did he exactly did he die. Um, I, I, in other words, I don't know. I haven't seen an autopsy. Does he end up being killed by police? Does he end up killing himself? I don't know. But what's important is, is that if it turns out that the police killed him, and you look at this directive, and I'm sure Gascon and um, and you know he he brought in a grade two by the way, a guy with like five trials. He made him chief deputy, so I'm sure. And then um, you're you're aware of of you know his shenanigans. But in any event, I'm sure that right now they're out there coming up with uh, uh, justifications for what they've done. It, it's absolutely it, it's shameful. It, it's insulting to the public, and, and guys, it's dangerous. And maybe worst of all, a DA has a right to implement policy. They are not kings. They don't get to say, I'm not going to enforce the law. And they don't get to tell their lawyers that they have to go into court and lie to judges, to tell judges, uh, Your Honor, under this case, the interest of justice requires me to dismiss it. But it turns out, Judge, we say this on every case, so there's no individual factors. That's just what we do. That was his policy. And the only reason it's not still his policy is a court said it's illegal. All right, hang on. We'll talk more with uh, John Lewin from the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. He's one of the deputy DAs. Just won a case this afternoon over a 1984 murder, and he's speaking out against George Gascon. And we have been talking a lot about the El Monte double murder of the uh, two police officers there. And under Gascon's policy, we might be paying for the killer's funeral because he was, if he was proven to be shot dead by the cops. John and Kencho, KFI. We're talking with uh, John Lewin, deputy DA here in L.A. County. Works for Gascon, and he's speaking out strongly against Gascon and explaining the whole debacle involving uh, Justin Flores and the two El Monte police officers who were murdered by Flores, everything that led up to it. He's part of the Major Crimes Division, and the story is, is the Gascon is coming after uh, the Major Crimes Division and you and, and some other top members, well-known, high-profile DAs, because you've been speaking out against Gascon and he wants revenge. What's, what's the story on this? So this goes back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it succinctly. So originally when Gascon came in, um, I was involved for um, 
several years on a on a case. And so I was myself and the team I was working with, we were kind of insulated. And after that that case uh, completed, I met Gascon one time, and I ended up um, getting a call from him, telling uh, he told me that he wanted to give me uh, an award, and uh, I listened to what he had to say. And I had made clear the first time I met him, I had thanked him for what uh, we were discussing that day, and I told him that I disagreed with his policy. So I, I wasn't, you know, I was respectful, but I told him straight up. So he said he wanted to give me this award, and um, this award ended up, part of it was he wanted me to go take pictures with him. And um, the award was remote, and I accepted it. Uh, and when he said he wanted pictures, I sent an email basically saying, I will not pose for pictures with you. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you've given me this award, but posing for pictures would be an endorsement of your policies, which I do not support, and I won't do it. I never received a response from that. <laughs> now, I had always been very vocal um, in my support of uh, Jackie Lace, the prior district attorney, and the concerns that I had about some of the things that he was doing. So all of a sudden, in uh, February, it came to the attention uh, to numerous individuals in the office that Gascon, we had heard, was planning on not just getting rid of the major crimes division. Remember, the DAs can do whatever they want. You know, they, they got, he got rid of our hardcore gang division. So if you want to talk about great timing, guys, in the middle of one of the worst crime waves in the history of Los Angeles, I know you're going to agree with me, what makes the most sense is, you know what would be great with all these gang murders? Let's get rid of our gang unit. And that's what he did. He got rid of the gang unit. But, but unfortunately, he has the legal right to do that. And he did it. His problem is, is that it got back to us that what he was going to do was he was going to get rid of the major crimes division, but he was doing it because he wanted to silence three of us in the unit by name, myself, um, Michelle Hannessy, and John McKinney. Yeah. He wanted to silence us. And, and, the information that we got back was he realized he couldn't transfer us because we were two, two, three out of roughly eight or nine of us in the unit. So they were going to close the unit as, quote, a way to retaliate against us. So went to the lawyers, and the ADDA, our association lawyer, sent them a letter. And the letter basically explained what the concerns were. And we got back the following letter, and it's, it's, it, it, it's just shocking. This is dated. It's very short. Uh, this is back in, uh, in March 16th. Our letter was February 22nd. And it says, uh, and I'm omitting the, the first sentence, which doesn't matter. We appreciate your letter and concerns for the Major Crimes Division. Okay. There are no active plans to dissolve or disband the major crimes division of the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Okay. And it had not been previously considered. However, since you raised the issue and brought it to our attention, we'll be sure to consider it in the regular and ongoing assessment of the office's operations. Now, this is sent by somebody named uh, Tim <laughs> crazy. Pascatello, who is listed as a senior manager for benefits and employee relations. But what he is, is he's a lawyer. He's a labor lawyer. So a labor lawyer, in responding to a letter from our lawyer saying, you're going to, we're concerned you're going to illegally retaliate against us 
by closing the unit for that purpose, their lawyer's brilliant response is to basically threaten us and tell us, well, now that you brought it up, maybe we're going to do it. You know, so again, one of the things that we always debate amongst, you know, the lawyers in the office is, are these individuals, are they more disingenuous and, and, and corrupt in their policies, or are they just completely don't know what's going on? Um, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. Now, obviously, I think at this point in time, if they were to retaliate against us, if they were to close the unit, if he was to transfer me, um, you know, I think he knows what's going to happen. So uh, he also has bigger fish to fry right now. There is a horrendous scandal. I think you guys are aware of this. Have you ever seen every day there is a new horrific scandal? You can't keep track of one. Yeah. Last week, it's it's the poor woman who is being run over by a guy. And Gascon not only doesn't file attempted murder, he doesn't file assault with a deadly weapon, which is the car. There's just no way around that. So it's very clear that what's going on is, is that he's going from crisis to crisis to crisis. And any way he can, he's basically throwing anybody over the boat, over the side that he can find. Uh, hopefully the voters of this county are going to be smart enough to understand who he is, what he stands for, and what is going on. And, and I just want to add this, and this is pretty simple. Um, George Gascon likes to talk about he follows the data and the science. And the data and science has been debunked, but, but, but let's even erase that for a second. Forget about anything you know. If you tell violent gang members... If you tell them, hey, listen, we're no longer going to penalize you for committing crimes as gang members. We're no longer going to penalize you extra for bringing a gun. We're no longer going to penalize you extra for using that gun in a crime. Guess what happens? Gang members go out, they do gang crimes, they bring guns, and they use them. And then you know what they do? They get taped and you hear them saying, Gascon's got my back. And you hear police officers saying that individuals they arrest are saying nothing's going to happen to me. So the public needs to understand, if you're going to allow violent criminals to be violent and suffer no consequences, they're going to be violent. Uh, you know, it's pretty much when, when my son was a kid, all he wanted to eat was candy. That was it. If I would have said, hey, eat whatever you want, he'd still be eating candy. So... You know, there's a time to yeah, actually I do your say job. Anybody who has a two-year-old knows what human behavior is. There's an inmate that wants a Gascon tattoo. <laughs> These recorded phone calls are unbelievable. And, of course, there's the James Tubbs case. Uh, uh, the, the Tubbs case. Uh, I mean, Th that's, uh, that's its own hour. Where, where do you even – I mean, I think, guys, if I were to say to you, if I were to pick any of these five, we could pick ten different cases, and I told you here's what happened, you would say – there's no way. That's not believable. If this were a plot to a movie and this were a pitch in Hollywood, we'd be tossed out the door and someone would say, this is not realistic. No one will ever buy it. Well, guess what? It's not a plot. It's real life. This is what's happening every day. And by the way, the people paying the freight for this are the communities of color that supposedly he's trying to protect. 
Where is all this violent crime happening? Who are the people that are coming forward? If you take a look at the victims that you see, most of them are people of color. All right, hang on. We'll finish up, coming up one more segment with uh, John Lewin. And he's uh, a deputy district attorney here in L.A. County. He's been working under Gascon for a year and a half, and you can hear he's letting it out this hour and telling you what's really going on. RecallDAGeorgeGascon.com is absolutely a must. John and Ken, a few more minutes with uh, John Lewin, the deputy DA, the major crimes division, working for Gascon, and he's explaining what life is really like on the inside. One of the things you mentioned is the resentencing that's going on for all the past cases. And Gascon's people are actually going behind the backs of the prosecutors and going into the old cases and starting the resentencing procedure, and the prosecutors don't even always know what's going on? Yeah, so what's happened is that laws that George Gascon either wrote or supported— so when he talks about, well, I'm just following the law, it's a little disingenuous because he wrote co-author of Prop 47 and he supported Prop 57. So one of the things the legislature has done is they're going after not just new crimes, but they want to basically free and shorten sentences for a bunch of violent individuals who are currently in prison. So what happens is, is we have a unit that handles resentencings, that handles what's called habeas, where defendants are filing motions. Defendants, cases don't end until the person dies often, particularly in murder cases. So what will happen is, is traditionally we have our office, they're battling what are generally meritless petitions. And they end up contacting the trial deputies. We know what's going on. What Gascon did was, is he brought in public defenders to not only run the unit, but now what he's done is he's basically driven out, I think, just about all of the original prosecutors who were in it. And it is now almost exclusively primary. It's public defenders and it's a few DAs who basically have, um, well. Switch sides? You know, I, I, I'm going I'm to be careful what I say. Draw your own conclusion. But in any event, uh, so what they do is, is they go back and they work with defense attorneys and in essence, they make little deals to change the result on cases, and then they go to judges, and they try to get those judges to buy off on them. And the legislature is helping them because the legislature keeps passing more and more laws to allow this to happen. So in essence, our office now consists of handling these cases. There's a defense attorney representing the defendant, and there's a defense attorney representing the prosecution. And those two defense attorneys get together and they make deals. And the only hope that we have is that a judge actually understands what's going on and says, I'm not going to do it. Uh, oftentimes, we're not going to find out about it. Um, I have heard now, as far as I know, I don't know if this has affected any of my cases, but honestly, I wouldn't know. But uh, there are certain cases now that people try to get in. We have a computer system. Lawyers that handled their own cases are being locked out of their own cases. Oh, I mean, that's not a good sign. No. So well, they're locking out the, the prosecutors who prosecuted these cases, and so you don't know if the guy you prosecuted is out on the streets. C correct. So, so Oh, that's crazy. Well, what's happening is, is their goal 
is to go back. Remember, the whole idea that the prisons are full of a bunch of people who just uh, were smoking marijuana, et cetera, all those people are long gone. It's something like between 80 and 90 percent of the individuals who are still in custody in California state prisons are violent. So there isn't anybody who's not dangerous to let go. So what Gascon and his in his group, and you know, and, and again, this is what George Soros, who sponsored him, this is what they want. So what they're doing is they're going around and they are in essence reversing what's already happened. Justice was done, a jury spoke, a judge sentenced, and they're going around and they're changing it, and it's being done in the dark and nobody knows. You know how we find out? We find out because some juvenile who gets resentenced goes out uh, and commits a new crime. Some guy who is ending up being freed because of a disposition where he was supposed to get life and now he's out in 15 years, he goes out and commits another crime. And the problem for our county is that every one of these violent offenders who's being let out is a landmine. Now, is every landmine going to explode? Not everyone's going to explode. But enough of them are going to explode, and there are so many out there right now, that even if he stopped doing what he's doing, there are so many out there that we're going to be feeling the consequences of George Gascon for years and years and years. And the second problem, which I know you guys talk about, is the legislature and the people behind him, George Gascon is basically being used as a tool by Professor Romano from Stanford, the anti, the decarceration people, um, he's their vessel. And he's a very willing vessel, and that's what he's doing. So people need to understand, and that goes to the whole issue of we've got to get this man recalled. It is not over. If people don't get up and start working and start signing and start hustling, we're going to be stuck with this guy. And can you imagine what he will be doing if he ends up not getting recalled, how that's going to embolden him, yeah. what next we're going to get. We need 150,000 uh, signature Yeah, cushion. recall DA George Gascon.com. John Lewin, thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so stuff. much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I, I we'll might have be, you back. Yeah. I, I might be applying for a job soon. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm going on vacation. You can take over. Uh, all right. So uh, Conway's next. Uh, Crozier's got the news. KFI, KOSD, HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. 
Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.